Cause I know you'll make a way I don't always understand I don't always get to see But I will believe it I will believe it You make mountains move You make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls I will speak to my feet I will preach to my doubt That you were faithful He can make mountains move in our lives. Thanks for singing with us. Go ahead and have a seat. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Cross Point Fellowship. Uh, we had an elders meeting uh, earlier this morning, and we were just, you know, we always kind of talk about just to make sure that we're kind of keeping things fresh, staying in God's will, and just making sure we're kind of looking at uh, the state of the church. And we were just talking about how, you know, a lot of churches struggle with uh, getting stale 
uh, that somebody brought up, they're just kind of unwilling to change, unwilling to move, and it's like, well, we've just, we've always done things this way, this is good enough, and we're just going to keep doing it that way, and I, I just, I'm thankful that uh, this church is not that way, and I look kind of out at the congregation, and I look at our regulars, I'm just very thankful for all of you who come every Sunday, uh, those of you who do serve and, and participate, and if it is, you know, your first time here, or you're a guest, I hope that you uh, feel welcome among our group of humble, imperfect misfits that we have in this church, because everybody brings something uh, unique to the table. Uh, and this morning, I was just kind of reflecting on how thankful uh, I am for everybody's contribution into this church. Um, so, crosspoint.churchtrack.com. Uh, you can also use that QR code up there uh, to get to the same place. That's uh, crosspoint.churchtrack.com. Church Track uh, has no K. Uh, it's just T-R-A-C. That is where we have links to uh, our you know, Facebook page, uh, our band thread, which is a, a kind of a place where you can go to share what's going on in your live prayer requests, uh, you can look at some of my uh, recent vulnerabilities that I posted up there if you really want to peek into my struggles in my life, if that is your thing. Uh, but we encourage you to go and use this QR code uh, because that's kind of our central hub for all of our links and announcements. Speaking of a couple announcements, uh, there's a busy Crosspoint weekend coming up. Saturday, September 12th from 3 to 6 p.m., uh, we're going to have a church picnic at J.R. Martin Park. Paul... Uh, will be grilling, so that's going to be cool. I've heard, a, I've heard a rumor of live music. Is that true, thumbs up or thumbs down? There will be live music as well uh, at Jared Martin Park, September 12th, 3 to 6 p.m., church picnic. Come on down. It's going to be a great time. Uh, the following day, Sunday, September 13th, after service, we are going to have a business meeting. So if you... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, let's get on with that one. Uh, if you call Crosspoint home uh, and you are vested in this church, please stay uh, after for the business meeting. Uh, we're going to discuss uh, some leadership positions. We're going to discuss some budget adjustments, you know, exciting stuff like that. Uh, but make sure that you uh, stick around for that. That is all I have for announcements, so we are now going to take our connection break. Kiddos can follow Chelsea over there uh, for some outside activities. Three, two, one, go. Well, good morning, everybody. We are so glad that you've joined us here. Uh, those of you that are watching online, good morning. We are so glad that you have taken the time to log on and have church with us today. We feel very blessed by that. Um, I also want to say, I, I want to plug this picnic coming up, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I know, too, that we're going to have try to have some sort of wiffle ball experience. Um, who doesn't like wiffle ball? It'll be, you know, a blast, and uh, it'll be a good day. So a couple hours on your Saturday. We don't have to leave when it's over, but I know from 3 to 6 is when we have the pavilion there. So I'll be grilling some burgers and hot dogs, and nobody needs to really... Um, bring anything I know. We may try to get some like, you know, bring a bag of chips or do something like that. But for now, at least I know that the meat and the buns will be provided. So there's at least that. I mean, who eats anything else anyways, right? Like it's a grill. Just try to eat seven hot dogs. It'll be okay. Uh, we are in week five of Rebuilding Blocks, and that's going to be our last Sunday in our Ezra series, which means that next week is going to be an all-worship Sunday, which um, I find those to be as powerful as any Sunday that we have. So 
be here for that. Come prepared as a time where you can just pray and worship God and not have to listen to me talk. I know that improves your Sundays somewhat. You know, I don't know about you guys. Growing up, I loved the show uh, Home Improvement. Anybody watch that? Tim the Toolman Taylor, right? I, listen, that may have been, and it maybe is, my favorite show ever. Like, I loved that show. My favorite part of the show, and this is going to, like, you're going to be like, wow. My favorite part of the show is when he would actually be introduced onto his TV show. Because if you know, he had a TV show on the TV show called Tool Time, right? Where he would, it was kind of like he was like Bob Vila, uh, but not really great at fixing things. My favorite part of the show is when you'd be introduced and they'd go and they'd like grab their tool belts and then put them on. I was like, that's so cool. I always wanted a tool belt. I still do. I have no use for one. I have no use for one. Like, I don't even know what you really put in a tool belt. I assume there's a hammer and like some sort of tape measure and maybe like a screwdriver or a wrench or something. Mine would be like a popsicle and like a juice box and a snap, right? And then I would just like hit stuff with a hammer because that's usually the majority of my knowledge uh, unless YouTube can help me out otherwise. Um, for those tools to have any use whatsoever, I'm not talking about my popsicle, my juice box, and my snack. Those obviously, you just eat them. Uh, but for the tools to be in the tool belt to have any use, you have to know how to use them. And you have to use them at all, right? In order for those to be beneficial. As Christians, we have so many tools in our tool belt, okay? So many tools in our tool belt. Meditation, worship, preaching, Bible study, acts of service, friendship, fellowship. These are all tools that are at our disposal that not only help us get closer to God, but also experience the fullness of life. Today, we're going to be talking about two more tools, and, and there's others that we could list there, but two tools, one of which um, most of us use. Uh, I would say probably all of us use, but honestly, not as effective as I think we could, which is prayer. The second, which I would dare to say that the vast majority of us have probably never used in our life, and we're going to be talking about fasting. Fasting. So prayer and fasting. These are like the one-two punch. When you put these two things together, they have a more powerful effect. And so I want to talk to you guys about these things because I think that they're a valuable tool that you have at your disposal to use. And I want to talk about how we can use them, how we can apply them, the situations that we can apply them in. And so uh, I'm excited about that. We will be in Ezra chapter 8 and Mark, not Mark, Matthew chapter 6. You can follow along in the YouVersion Bible app if you want to do that, where the main points will be there and there'll be a little place for you to take notes. If there's anything that God says through me this morning that sticks out. So Ezra chapter 8, 21 through 23 says, There by the Ava Canal, Ahava, Ahava, ooh, that's a name, Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. As I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from enemies on the road, because we had told the king the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him. But his great anger is against all those who forsake him. So we fasted and petitioned our God about this, and he answered our prayer. So this is uh, Ezra talking about the preparation for their trip out of captivity, right? He, this is before they have this major undertaking, which is a great time for us to pray and fast. Anytime we have a major hurdle facing us or a major decision that we need to make or uh, just great opposition, prayer and fasting should be two things that we do uh, in answer to those situations in our life. Now, if we look at the Israelites, as I said, they're leaving Babylonian captivity here. They're getting ready to um, pass through some treacherous land with all of their possessions and all of their families. They're going to be th going through enemy territories. And this is a long journey. And so if you ask me, that's a major undertaking. That's something that they should ask for God to be involved in, God to bring about a successful outcome in. And that's exactly what they did. So Major life events, major life events. 
We talk about maybe having a big move or changing careers or making a major purchase or maybe you have a health problem or just a really tough decision ahead of you. We have to understand that prayer and fasting is that answer, and we have to look at, back at the Israelites here to understand the purpose behind their actions, right? It wasn't just, well, we're not going to eat and we're going to pray and hope for the best. They're doing this to petition God and to hopefully gain his favor over the endeavor that they are about to partake in, right? Over the task that's before them. They're humbling themselves before God, humbling themselves before God and saying, Lord, you are the only thing we need to sustain us. So bless us in this journey lead us in this journey, make this journey be what you need it to be. And that's exactly why we should pray and we should fast. And what more could we hope for than God's blessing in instances in life that we face that are too much for us to handle by ourselves, right? I don't think there's anything else that would work better for us than to have God's blessing in those times. So let's talk about how we use these tools. The first thing we're going to talk about is praying. And we need to pray with a purpose. Pray with a purpose. Let's look at Matthew 6, 5 through 8. It says, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you that they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Okay, so what God's really pinpointing here is, or what Jesus is really pinpointing here, I should say, because these are His words, is that our motivation, our motivation behind the action is what's important. If we pray, and we pray out loud, and we put on a show, and, and we want everybody to see us, and that's our motivation, then we'll receive that reward. Maybe people will think we're holier than what we are. Maybe think, people will think we're, we're pious and they'll think, oh, what a great Christian and a strong leader and what a beautiful prayer. But if that's our motivation, then that's the reward that we will receive. If we're truly hoping that God will work on our behalf, then we need to make sure that our motivation is ingrained in that fact. We're looking for God to move. We're looking for God to make a difference. If we want God to answer our prayers, then let's follow some of these guidelines. The first one I already said, don't make it a show. Don't make it a show. Your prayer life, okay, is between you and God. I think that it's something that is very personal. Well, pastor, does that mean that I can't ask other people to pray for me? No, it doesn't. Pastor, does that mean that I shouldn't be specific about things I need prayed for? No, it doesn't. Can I go on Facebook and say, hey, here's a prayer request I have. Will you join me in prayer? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Okay, this is not saying to face your tough trials and, and the decisions that you have to make and all those things by yourself. That's not what this is saying. What this is saying is to make sure that your, your motivation isn't the attention that you might receive for the struggle that you're going through, but that your motivation be that God work in that struggle that you're dealing with. Okay, so we don't want to make it a show. Don't want to put on a performance. It does us no good. In fact, we're even told in this passage, hey, if you want the reward, go pray in secret. Just to make sure that your motivation doesn't get blurred, to make sure that you don't cross any lines here, to make sure that you stay on task and you stay on point and you make sure that, that you're, you're praying for the purpose that you laid out to pray for, pray in secret. Go and just Lay it all out for God, one-on-one. -on -one. And in doing so, we can make sure that we don't ever have to worry about what our motivation may be. 
Prayer, at least in this instance, when we're talking to God and we're asking him to act and we're asking him to move and we're looking at this major, again, I, it could be any just major decision we talked about, career moves, like these just things that we look at and we say, man, I can't handle this by myself or, or I'm weary. I don't, I don't know how I myself all alone am supposed to take care of this. Prayer in this instance is about our heartfelt desire, our petition before God to act and move on our behalf. Okay? It's not about letting everyone else know that we have this major, huge struggle before us. Okay? So again, I'm not saying, I want to be very clear on this because I don't want people to clam up and not talk and, and hold everything in because that is not what we're going here for. And I'm not saying that you can't get others involved. I'm not saying you can't ask for prayer. I'm not saying that you, you can't you know, start the chain and, and get the warriors going and everybody pray for the same purpose. I think there is so much beauty and power within that. Just make sure that your motivation is pure, okay? Just make sure the reason why you're doing that is a godly reason. The second thing I would say is pray with a plan. Pray, pray with a plan. Uh, verse 7, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. There's other, uh, other um, translations that say Gentiles there, which, hey, we're Gentiles, in case you didn't know. We're not, unless you're Jewish, and some of you may be Jewish. I don't know everyone's history. You're a Gentile, right? Don't babble uh, just on and on. I don't know about you guys. I don't know if you ever feel this way, but I do. I, especially at the end of a service sometimes, I feel deep in my heart that it's very important to pray in those times, but sometimes I feel like I'm just trying to juggle. I don't know. Like I'm up here and I, I'm trying to like pray and, and bring God in and, and thank him for, you know, not only this time that we get together because I feel like that's important and not just for the lessons that he's taught us here, but sometimes I just feel so lost in that instance. And I'm, I'm sharing that so you know that, hey, if you ever feel that way, I think that's pretty normal in prayer. I think that's pretty normal in prayer. There's very few people that I've ever met that say, you know what I'm really good at? I'm really good at prayer. I really feel like a strong suit of mine is prayer. And I'm really comfortable with prayer. Most of us are a little insecure about our prayer life and how we pray. And so I would just say, pray with a plan. Pray with a plan. Pastor, does that mean I write my prayer out? Maybe. Nothing's wrong with that. Nothing's wrong with that. See, sometimes I think we look at that because we see somebody write out a prayer and, and maybe read a prayer off and we think, well, that's so impersonal and that's not from the heart. And that's not true. That's not true at all. It can still be personal. It can still be from the heart. It's just planned out a little better. And honestly, I think that would help a lot of us stay on point because I don't know if you're about like me, but sometimes I'll start praying and then halfway through, I'll start going through my grocery list. And I'll be like, I never said amen. This prayer's still going. And God's listened to me talk about Uncle Ben's rice right? Or whatever else. Like, Lord just knows I need fluffy pancakes now. And he's thinking, are you going to shut this thing off or what? Like, I, I have squirrels that come into my mind all the time. And so I'll be praying and I'll be praying for a specific purpose and I will just lose it halfway through. And I won't even realize it until I'll be like, oh man, 10 minutes later, I was praying. I was praying. And if I had a better planned out purpose, if I planned my prayer out a little bit more, if I wrote some things down, hey, this is my list, this is what I'm going to pray for, I think that I would do a better job at staying on task and praying for the things I need to pray for and also just having better focus on Christ and on God at that moment. And so pray with a plan. 
we look at prayer and we look at praying with a plan. And here's the thing I want to talk to us about today, specifically about this. In Matthew 6, in the same passage, Christ gives us a prayer, right? It's known as the Lord's Prayer. And most of us know it by heart. And I know most of it by heart because I say it uh, during football season at least once a week before we go pray out. But I still get some words mixed up. But this is what it is. It's in uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive those who have sinned against us, or in this instance, it says, forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Here's the cool thing about the Lord's Prayer. We literally don't need to say any other prayer ever in life. Pastor, is it okay if I do? I think it is. I think it is, yes. But I'm just telling you, for some of you out there who you say, I'm really uncomfortable with prayer. Half the time, I don't know what to pray for or how to pray. Boom. Jesus took the mystery out of it. Goes on in, in Matthew chapter 6, tells God already knows everything that we need. And this prayer covers it. Now what's important? What's important about this prayer is that we say it earnestly. Right? It can't just become words. It can't just be something that we've memorized and something that we know by heart. We've got to say it in earnest. We've got to really desire that this prayer become our truth. But if you can do that, I'm telling you that you need not pray for anything else ever again because this prayer covers it all. And sometimes I think I should just end sermons that way. And I probably will from this point forward. I hear you, Lord. Right? Because this literally, it covers everything. It covers everything. And so I just want to encourage some of you out there who really struggle with prayer to, to learn the Lord's Prayer or to open your Bible up to Matthew chapter 6 and to read this prayer out and to make this your daily prayer. Because there's obviously great strength in it. It came straight from Jesus' lips. And I think that, hey, if, if we, those of you out there that struggle with prayer, myself sometimes included, if, if we can just get this one prayer down, it really truly is the only prayer that we need. Because this is what I will say that I think is very important. I think it's important that you pray every day. Because prayer really is what? It's us talking to our God. So I think it's important that you pray every day. And, and so this is a great tool to help us get to that point where we pray every single day. Pick a time. When I first wake up, I'm going to say the Lord's Prayer. Before I go to bed, I'm going to say the Lord's Prayer. On my lunch break, I'll say the Lord's Prayer. Maybe you'll say it when you wake up on your lunch break and before you go to bed. All right? But, but I think it's important that we talk to God every single day. Prayer is how we petition our God to work on our behalf. Prayer is how we connect one-on-one -on -one with our God. It's a gift. It's a gift that we have all been given to be able to have real relationship with our God. And so make sure that you're using that tool. Make sure that it's not just sitting there in your tool belt untouched. Let's switch over to, uh, to, to fasting right now, okay? Fasting. Now, the first thing I'll tell you about fasting is this. You need to watch your face. Watch your face. And we'll, we'll look at the passage and it'll all make sense, right? If Matthew chapter 6, 16 through 18... When you fast, 
Do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disguise their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that you will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You're perfectly fine. You're reading the Bible. She's helping y'all out, see? Some of y'all don't read your Bible enough. She knows that, and she's helping you out. She's just playing some scripture for you. Here, you need some help? You got it? Come here, I'll help you. Hi, everyone. Come here, it's okay. Open up the Bible app. It's all good. Here we go. You just powered it off. Okay. I, was gonna, I like scripture as much as the next guy. It's okay. We need more of it in life. So it's a thing. It's a thing. Okay, so when you fast, when you fast, watch, not wash, although that's in there, watch your face. Watch your face. See, the fasting, the, I was going to say the act of fasting, but fasting is, again, one of those things that is personal between you and God. I would say even more so than prayer. Now, can a group of you and your friends get together and say, hey, we are going to fast for this designated purpose? Certainly. But it should stay in that group right? Can we as church elders get together and say, hey, we're going to fast over this upcoming decision that we have to make or the direction of our church? Certainly we can. We can do it. It doesn't have to be just a single person. You can do that with the support of others. But you need to make sure that it's not one of those things that it becomes, today we're fasting, you know, like I've got my fasting shirt on that says I'm fasting, don't offer me food, and I'm going to walk by the salad bar today and just give it a stiff arm let everybody know that this guy is not eating, right? And everyone will be shocked. I see your eyes, wife. Good grief. When you fast, no one should know that you're doing it. It's important that you keep it private. Here's what we have to understand. Fasting is as much about our attitude as it is the act. Fasting is as much about the attitude as it is the act. When we fast, what we are doing is submitting ourselves completely to God. It's a declaration that the only thing that you need to sustain you is God himself. When you fast, that's what you're declaring. God, I don't, I don't need anything to sustain me but you. In this time, I am counting on just you to get me through for clarity, for, for purpose. God, show me the direction. That's why it's important that we we. It literally removes every distraction because at the basic, at our basic needs, right? At our basic human needs, food is there. Like we have to have food to survive. And so when we're removing that, that basic need, it literally is telling God, God, I'm removing everything. I'm getting rid of everything that could possibly get in the way of you and I. And I'm, j- I'm here with you. And I'm seeking clarity and I'm seeking understanding and I want to know your vision and I want to know your purpose. And that's why we partner it with prayer. Because it really doesn't do us any good to get to that place where we're removing everything between God and us and then not talk to God, right? That's why together they're the one-two punch. Otherwise, it'd just be like, hey, you didn't eat today, right? You didn't eat today. We look at fasting. Fasting is one of those things that I think, honestly, it can be practical. That's what I mean by that. First, you need to prepare for fasting. It, mentally, if you're a person like me... Let's be honest, we know Paul's a big guy, right? I've been bigger at times in life than I have at others. Clearly, I eat, right? I didn't get this way from a bee sting, all right? 
Like, clearly, I eat. Mentally, mentally, I have to prepare to not eat. I'm not sitting here saying, like, I fast all the time. I fasted maybe a few times in my life, okay? I have to mentally prepare myself for, Paul, you are not getting food this next day or this next two days, okay? Because if I don't, my tum-tum's going to grumble, and I'm going to be like, hmm, where's a burrito, right? Like, I'm, I'm going to look for the easy way out because I haven't prepared myself for the task at hand. So mentally prepare yourself. Two, I would set up some guidelines. You know, here's the truth. There's really not like a single way that you have to fast. It's not like I'm going to completely go off everything as I fast, right? Like, you may ahead of time, you may ahead of time say, listen, I'm going to still drink water, right? Like, I'm going to do some basic, like, I'm going to drink water to make sure I stay hydrated, you know, I don't want to, like, pass out completely and die. Like, there, you know what I'm saying? There, there's some logical steps we can take. Maybe you do something as far as, like, I'll have chicken broth. Like, some of us have dietary needs. Some of us are, are diabetic, right? And, like, not having food is not going to be an option for you completely. So maybe there's something you're cutting out. Maybe there's something you're denying of yourself to, to in this same act. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? Like, we have to be intelligent about it, okay? If you're hypoglycemic, you can't just, like, not have sugar all day of any type, or it's not going to be good for you. So what I'm saying is be intelligent about it. Know yourself, know your body, come up with a plan, prepare, make sure that you know what you're staying away from, and then keep that between you and God. Keep that between you and God. Come up with your plan and prepare and stick to it. And in those times when you're fasting, when you're like, man, I'm kind of hungry right now, lift up a prayer. Lift up a prayer. But I will tell you this. From my own personal experience, the few times that I've done it, I thought it was literally going to be the toughest thing I've ever done. Shows you how privileged my life has been. I thought it maybe was going to be the toughest thing I've ever done because I cannot tell you a day in my life outside of those few instances that I personally, Paul Huff, have not eaten. So I thought there's no way that this is going to work. And by the end of the day, when it was time to go to bed, I hadn't even noticed. Hadn't even noticed. And I say that to brag on God because I think he had a lot to do with that. Because as I removed every distraction and I prayed for the purpose and laid my heart out, I feel like that day God just was working. And I'll be honest, before I fasted, this is one of those reasons that like a lot of us I think don't do it. I didn't think it was going to do anything. I'll be honest. Like the Bible says it will. And I've heard other people say it will. But like personally, I just didn't think it would do much. And I was wrong. I was wrong. I found out that if you have a tool in your tool belt that you actually know how to use and you use it, it works and it makes a difference. So my encouragement to you would be educate yourself, explore, read. There's lots of passages. You know, there's lots of biblical books and teachers that will teach you about fasting and tell you their ideas on fasting. Explore this because I think that it's an important tool for all of us to use. And I would say that a lot of us need to use it more regularly than what we do. More regularly than what we do. In the end, what this is about, these two things, it's about keeping our eyes on the thing that's the most important, which is the divine will of God and figuring that out 
and seeking that out and making sure that we put ourselves in the best possible place to make the best possible decision, which is the decision that God needs us to make, right? Which is the decision that God is calling us to. When we use both of these tools together, I truly don't think that their impact could be understated. So my challenge to you is, I'm not saying go this week and fast about something, okay? That's not my challenge. But my challenge is this. At some point this week, set aside some time to educate yourself on fasting, okay? And prayer. And and to figure out how it can apply to your lives, when it should apply to your lives, and how God can lead you in that way so that when you do face these really tough decisions, you'll be ready to use the tools at your disposal. Okay? Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we also forgive those who have debts to us. And lead us not into temptation, but God, deliver us from the evil one. We pray these things in Jesus' powerful name, knowing that you, our God, will work on our behalf and already know what it is that we need. Let us submit to your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Again, amen. Stand with us now in worship. I'm going to worship as well. I will be right back there in front of that whiteboard. If you need somebody to pray with you, come back to me. Let's pray together. Let's pray specifically for your specific need. Let's ask God to work because we know that he will. You want to talk to me about anything spiritual, religious ideas, a struggle that you're having. You want to talk about salvation. This is the time. Otherwise, stand and just pour your heart out to God. Let worship today be your offering to Him. Spirit of God, fall upon. 
that to him, tell him.
I believe that God can, can move mountains, that can do the impossible in your life. And sometimes it takes us to, to, to humble ourselves before him and bow down before him and to pray. Um, sometimes it means fasting. It means just saying, hey, I've got this thing that's coming up in my life and I don't think I can handle it on my own. I need you. And I need to prove that you are my only desire, my only um, need to sustain me. And so maybe maybe you've never fasted before in your life. And this is maybe this week or the coming weeks is, is the time to say, you know what, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do something I've never done before and just ask God to move the mountains in my life. Um, I believe that he will um, when, we, when we show that kind of humility before him. He, he loves a humble heart. Um, I'm going to uh, pray just for our offering uh, and, and invite you to give in the back on your way out. There's a, there'll be a box in the back uh, for you to do that. We're not going to pass anything where you can give online. Um, we have a way to do that where you can just text a number. Um, but I'm going to pray for our offering and we're going to sing one more song together. God, I, I know that you can move and I've seen you move. I've seen you move mountains. I've seen you move mountains in this church and these people that are gathered here uh, this morning, that people are, are gathered online. I've seen you move in their lives and do things that people said were impossible, but you did them anyways because you are um, the God of the impossible, the God of, of the thing that, um, that no one believes could be true. And I, I thank you, God, that you give us these tools in our tool belt, these things that uh, allow us to to um, meet with you and, and, and like that song says, um, worlds collide, your world, our world collides together when we um, t- t- take away every barrier and just focus on you. So Lord, we've been doing that this morning, but we want that to continue this week. And I pray that some people in this room might even fast this week. Um, just take the plunge and, and just dive into you. We love you, God. We sing to you now. We thank you that you are moving. We pray, I pray that this tithes and our offerings that we give this morning help us to um, allow your spirit to move even more. We give to you now. We sing to you. I pray. Amen.
This is the God we serve, the God of the impossible. Yeah, go for it, man. Um, just real quick, I'm going to ask, if you're a teacher, will you come up into this area, try to socially distance, put your mask on, I'll, I'll put my mask back on, I can pray with this thing. If you're a teacher, just please, will you come up to the front? We would like to uh, use social distance, Caitlin, we're okay, <laughs> social distance. If you are a teacher involved in the school system any which way, would, if you'll just come up here. The rest of you guys, if you will just kind of make a, a loose circle around them or a semi-circle. Uh, I want to pray for them. I'm a teacher as well. Uh, pray for our teachers. Well, you're here. You're in the circle. Do you want to? You can. You, I, did, was somebody telling you to get in here? They're waiting for you. They're waving at you. He's got to keep the beat. If he doesn't have the beat, then I can't pray. All right. Uh, guys, we're getting ready to start school, and, and as you know, we're kind of in unprecedented times, and uh, a lot of us don't know what that's going to look like. We hope that it will look normal. It's not going to look normal for most of us, and uh, we hope that we can have a full school year, and uh, we hope that mostly because we care about our kids, and we want what's best for them, and we know that that's what's best for them, and so I just want to lift up the teachers in our, in our um, congregation because uh, we don't know what's happening, so... We're going to pray and ask God to work. God, we come to you right now. We thank you for this day, Lord. We just ask that you help all of us that are teachers as we go back to school this week, God. Help us to just be impactful in our students' life, to show them the love and the grace and the Jesus that lives within inside of us. We want them to, to see you through us and to know you because they know us. And God, is, we are facing unprecedented times, like I said. We don't know what's going to happen with COVID-19. We pray and hope and are asking you to move so that we can have a full school year because we know that that is what's best for our students. We don't want our students uh, to, to miss out on learning. We don't want them to miss out on opportunities to be told that they're loved, to be shown that they're loved. We don't want them to miss out on opportunities uh, to receive all the things that they get from school that, that are so often overlooked, like friendship and, and food and uh, just support and structure. God, we want to lay it all before your feet. Pray that your blessing be in this and that you help us be as effective as we can be as teachers so that our students, our students will be served best. And we ask these things in Jesus' powerful name. And we also just want to lift up each individual here, God, that's going to be working one-on-one -on -one with kids that, that, that they just love, love first and seek you first and do everything else second because, God, we can get distracted by so many things. But what's most important is that we're serving you in what we do. All of us are, not just teachers. We're serving you in everything that we do. And we get a chance and an opportunity to serve a population that needs to know that they're loved and not forgotten. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you. Oh, have a great week. <laughs>